Good morning and welcome to chapel this day. It's glad to see all of you here. ELCA youth workers, glad you're in the room. Somebody buying you lunch today? Who? You don't know yet? Get clear on that. Oh good, there she is. Follow that. Room at the table. Recently I was on a plane ride. I had my seat, aisle seat. I love the aisle seat. When I can't get an aisle seat, I love the window seat. Hate the middle seat. Sorry for those of you that are in the middle. The middle seat was occupied by an individual who had just consumed a Subway sandwich that was loaded with onions and Italian dressing. Mm. That was followed by an excessive amount of mouth breathing as he leaned my way for his plane ride nap. The worst, leaning into the space that I'd paid for. And on that seat that I'd paid for, he didn't pay for any of that seat that I was in, but he was certainly enjoying my space with his mouth breathing. Room at the table, think for a moment about the spaces that occupy in between. Territory. What do I think is mine? What do I know isn't? And then think about a life built around sharing space, making room for all at the table. Together we are joined this day by the CLU Choir. Thank you. And they lead us in music today. hard to land from such a spiritual high. So, wow, thank you. Um, please stand. After the invocation, the invocation, I would like to ask you to face each other. Aisle A will face aisle B and we'll say together. Gather in the presence of God, in the presence of God's people. Tell our truth about who we are, who we have become. And rely on the gracious love of God to shape our lives, reflective of the love God has for us. Now please face each other. Forgive us, God, when we limit you. Forgive us, God, because Forgive us, O God, for our sorrow. Amen. Together we pray. Holy God, fix me, heal me, mold me and make me, hold me, comfort me, nurture me, revive me, 
be seated. Today's readings are from the book of Exodus, the 33rd and 34th chapters. The Lord said to Moses, go leave this place, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, and go to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go up among you, or I would consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard these harsh words, they mourned, and no one put on ornaments. For the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You are stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do to you. Therefore the Israelites stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. So Moses cut two tablets of stone, like the former ones, and he rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took his hand, took in his hand the two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name, the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. He said, if, I, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray, let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, Pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. Here end the reading. Grace and peace to you from God, and God's spirit, good wine, the holy, that lives among us and within us. It happened three weeks ago. I was in a gathering of church leaders, and we were at the Episcopal Center, Cathedral Center of Los Angeles. It was a day of reflection and conversation and learning. In the middle of the day, we took this pause for worship. I don't remember her, her name, but it was uh, the reading that she did is what Anna and Josh read before you today. And she spoke those words of God to Moses, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go among you, for I would consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And those words just struck me. And when she said stiff-necked, I, I kind of let out a groan at the same time that my pastor and neighbor did the same thing. And we looked at each other and smiled. I have no idea what the rest of the text was. I mean, she could have been reading through chapter 38. I don't know. I just kept focusing on those words, stiff-necked people. And I wondered, am I stiff-necked before you, God? 
I am my mother's daughter. And in some ways, I am becoming more like her every day. And for those who knew her, this may come to you as good or bad news. <laughs> and I think mostly it's good news. But increasingly, you know, at this stage in my life, uh, what can I say? I have these clear and repetitive memories of being a child, and our family of five would go out to a restaurant, and we couldn't get halfway through the meal where my mother would scream, my neck, my neck, there's a breeze, it's cold on my neck. And all of us would marshal our resources and we would gaze up and down, up and down until we could find the offending air vent, most of which was 20 feet away. And out of that big purse that always also included Ritz crackers and little packets came this scarf and she would wind it around her neck and there we would go. Well, and now, at this time in my life, I do have to be careful about breezes, sometimes in Scott's car. What is it about those air vents? And it just finds my head. There are times when I'll take my sweatshirt and pull it up, and he says, welcome, Maxine. And then there's those cooling breezes from the open window at night. And I love to sleep with an open window at night. But there are times more than I would care to admit that I wake up stiff-necked in the morning. And even saying that word makes me want to stretch. Would you stand up? You don't have to close your eyes, but you can. But just kind of focus on your head there and slowly tip that head down. I hear the groans to your right. Don't let it drop. Just sit there. Feel that stretch. And then lift your head back up to the center. Let it rest. Then let's tip it down to the other side. Again, just feel that stretch. Let's go back up to the top and slide over to that other side. It does feel good. Keep going. Return your head to the top. Now would you take your arms and extend them outward like the morning sun, reaching them high up over. Drop your shoulders. I know some of you are lifting them up. And then open your hands wide and let those arms drop down slowly. I feel like we have to do net, uh, uh, shoulder rolls. Let's lift up our shoulders as if to our ears and pull them way back and down. Those big circles forward to the center, up. Ooh, I got a crack. Back, <laughs> down. All right, you may be seated. It does feel good, doesn't it? Stiff-necked. I know what that's like when I can't bend my neck, I'm stuck. Have you ever had it where you're kind of like that and you're trying to change lanes in your car? It's just terrible. 
Whenever my neck is stiff, the rest of my body, I don't know why this is, but I hold the whole thing together so tightly. I'm cramped, I'm bound in a way by my own rigid muscles. I also think I protect myself and move cautiously. True story. Uh, days before I came to Cal Lutheran, I was doing a lot of sit-ups. Hadn't done them in a while. Thought I should do that as a first-year student coming to Cal Lu. And the Wednesday before orientation, when that day was a Saturday, I strained my neck. Oh my golly. Uh, I had two days to get my neck in order before I was ready to meet the campus. I didn't intend to tell you that. Anyway. The story in the Hebrew Bible read today, the story from Exodus, tells a story of a people who were in tough shape. They had broken the covenant that God had established with them. God wanted their commitment to be in a sturdy relationship where they feared, loved, and trusted God above all else. When they crafted that golden calf and worshipped it instead of God, they pulled away from that relationship, from the one who had liberated them from Pharaoh's hand. And you can imagine that the fear swelled up. Would their unfaithfulness propel God to leave or abandon them? We have much in common with our ancestors in the faith today. We too can be in a pretty tough spot. We have this sense of what God does desire from us, our faithfulness, our commitment, the use of our intellect and our hands and our service, our neighbor orientation. You can sum it up all in those words, love God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Or what does God require of you but to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with God? Yet we, like our ancestors, get caught up in all kinds of stiff-necked vision. We don't work towards justice and reconciliation. We harbor unkind thoughts and and we do things of which we are not proud. Our self and inward-facing orientation and our fears get in the way of the abundant God that God, the abundant life that God intends for us, and that mighty purpose to which we have been called. We're impatient towards ourselves, towards others, towards God. Stiff neck kind of sums it up, doesn't it? You and I, we may not build that golden calf, but we have the blueprints, and we know how to build one. The chapel theme, Room at the Table, calls out to me and, and leads me to sober self-assessment. When I am host at a table, do I hold myself tightly, separating myself from others, push, putting myself in a place of privilege? Yes. When I am guest at a table, do I erect boundaries 
around inclusion and exclusion. Yes. In my living and my daily choices, do I stretch and make room for my neighbor? No. If God, who is gracious and merciful to me, how do I reach out to others to make room for that person to whom God is gracious and merciful? If God, who is slow to anger towards me, how do I bend my heart away from grudges and complaints and even the condemnations I have toward myself? If God forgives me, then how do I move outward in charity and compassion? As the story from the book of Exodus unfolds, we learn that God does answer the fears that swells up in the people of God. Would their faithfulness propel God to leave or abandon them? No. God stays put. God sends angels. And even as God propels them forward into the future, God does ask for their renewed commitment and faithfulness. Yet God commits God's very self to be in relationship with them forever. God has written our name on the palm of God's hand. And in this relationship, in this covenant, God is the primary mover in this one. Well, this forever includes us as well. We are invited to stretch towards our neighbors work for unity and partnership. We are called to bend beyond our fears and reach out in hope towards our world. We are compelled to bend towards justice and all things reconciling. And all this comes from the hand of God, who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. It's enough. It is surely enough, enough for our praise. Amen. Friends, God is not done with us, not by a long shot. You are more beloved than you can ever know, and God is working on you and in you and through you to the world beyond our wildest imagination. Large part of God's work is forgiveness. So hear this. God has forgiven you and is doing so right now. Know that you are indeed forgiven and be at peace. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful and loving God, because your grace we are grateful. Your forgiveness provides solace and hope. Your presence inspires our every action. Continue to shape us and mold us by your lights and love. 